You are listening to Press Church Podcasts. Please enjoy this week's message. For those who haven't been here over the last couple weeks, uh, come to church, number one. Number two, we'll give you a little quick recap of what we've been talking about. Uh, While I was in Louisiana, I I felt the Lord uh, kind of speak to me um, and challenge me. Um, And the title of this sermon series is How to Improve Your Love Walk. How to Improve Your Love Walk, that I I felt that the Lord was speaking to me and helping me uh, improve my love walk, and so I wanted to help and encourage you as well. In the scripture that we're basing this sermon series on is Jesus speaking to his disciples in John chapter 13, starting in verse 34. We'll put it up on the screen. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you. Jesus had to give this new commandment because the disciples had never seen how Jesus loved. And now that they have seen how Jesus has loved, he says, I give you a new commandment to love one another as you have seen as I have loved you, that you also love one another. Verse 35, by this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Your friends will know, your family will know, your co-workers will know, your dog or cat will know, people out in the community, at the gas station, at the store, wherever you go, they will know that you are a follower of Jesus, you are a disciple of Christ by how you love one another. So that encourages me and it also makes me want to tighten up my bootstraps a little bit. I need to work and improve my love walk. Because I want people to know that I'm his disciple. So I've got to figure out what does that love walk look like. So we talked about the first week that the very first step to improve our love walk was to receive the love of Christ in our own life. To receive the love that God has for us in our own individual life. I can't, I can tell you about how good a certain meal is. And you can have a baseline understanding of how good that meal is, but until you actually taste it yourself, I could tell you about a Big Mac at McDonald's. I could tell you about the Whopper at Burger King. I could tell you about that in my best description possible. I know that's a terrible example, but here we are. But until you go and taste that Big Mac, now you can go and tell someone. It's hard for me to stand up here and tell about Dalton's engagement from just watching the video. He was the one who actually did it. So it's better to go and talk with the person who did it. And I'm encouraging you, number one, to how to improve your love walk is you have to receive his love first. Because how can you give that love unless you've tasted it and seen it first? So last week we talked about love in words. Love in words. The scripture that we talked about was Colossians 4, 6. I don't have that up on the screen. But it's, let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. That we need to improve how we love in our words. And you can go back and listen to that sermon on the podcast or on the website. Uh, It should be up or it will be up this week. This week, I want to talk about love in action. I've received the love of God in my own life. I've seen how God loves me. Now I want to go out and share that love with people. And it starts with my talking. 
starts with, with what I'm saying on a day-to-day basis. The second thing is, how do I love in my actions? Mother Teresa, a couple quotes by her. Love cannot remain by itself. It has no meaning. Love has to be put into action, and that action is service. Another quote by Mother Teresa, let us always meet each other with a smile, for the smile is the beginning of love. I mean, something so simple to being approachable in life, something that I probably need to work on that my wife tells me quite frequently is that I don't smile enough. I just have straight face. Sometimes my wife says that makes me not approachable. So I try and smile more. Mother Teresa reminds that. Smile is the beginning of love. And then just another third quote from Mother Teresa. Never travel faster than your guardian angel can fly. Maybe, maybe that applies to you today if you need that. Receive that in your life. Outside of Jesus and the examples in the Bible of love, if I think of a person in love, for whatever reason, my mind goes to Mother Teresa. I, I don't know why. She died in September of 97. I was 11 years old. I had just turned 11 years old. I, hadn't, I have no idea who Mother Teresa was. Probably heard her or saw her on the news channels when I was younger. I actually had to go to Wikipedia last night and read her biography, because I didn't realize she died when I was so young. But when I think of love in action, the first person that comes to mind is Mother Teresa. When I say words and love in action, who's the person that pops in your head? Is it, is it a well-known person? Is it a, a, a celebrity, some type of well-known figure that's out there that's, that's known by the world? Or is it someone close by you that nobody else would really know, that we all have a person, we all have somebody in our lives that when we hear the words love in action, our mind instantly takes us to that person. Could be your parents, could be your grandparents, could be a coworker, could be a friend, but there's somebody that draws you to that idea because of the action that they did to you. As I was thinking about this sermon, as I was thinking about love in action and Mother Teresa, I was thinking, who is somebody close to me that personifies and shows love in action? And I kept going back to my amazing wife, because my wife right now, in this moment, is working pretty much 24-7. We have a uh, three-month-old baby, and uh, she is the sole responsibility for feeding her. Um, the Lord did not uh, provide me with uh, the goods for that, so she has to do that. So she's up literally 24-7 taking care of this child. My wife, we've been married for eight years, we'll be married nine in October. We have two children and she's responsible. She cooks the meals, I'm not that good at cooking. Uh, she cooks, I usually bake. She cleans the house. She's up on stage here at church singing and doing worship. She's off stage, behind the scenes, making sure everything runs smoothly while I'm up here preaching. She takes care of the dog. I've never had a dog before. 
she's had many of dogs before, so she's the guru in that. Um, so the dog just kind of bites me and uh, poops in the house on my watch, so that's cool. I love a dog. Um, I'm going to show that dog love in action here real soon. Um, out of all those things, she takes care of me. That's a full-time job. She is a love in action. She did, I believe, over six loads of laundry yesterday, folded all the clothes, put them all up yesterday while I was working on the sermon. To me, she is my love in action. She does all these things without complaining. She sacrifices who, in your mind, do you think? A grandparent, a spouse, a parent, someone that is gone over, above, and beyond, and showed their love to you. And when you think of that person, you think of what they did, how can we take what they did and push that forward into our own lives? We're going to read the love chapter, 1 Corinthians 13. It's 13 verses, and we're just going to kind of break it down and learn some truths from that. We're going to start off 1 Corinthians 13, we're going to go 1 to probably about verse 3, and we'll stop and talk. Mm, Nope, 13. Uh, I'll read it here. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I am the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. That word profits there, if I have not love, it profits. Ophelio, O-P-H-E-L-E-O, it means to assist, to be useful or advantageous to profit. Profits mean nothing if I don't have love. Nothing right there means no one, nothing, not even one, a man, woman, or thing. Paul is making this Stance. The things that he says in these first couple scriptures are not bad. They're not bad things at all. They're actually highly encouraged throughout your life, all of the things that he says. But he makes this just extreme statements that are out there. Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I've become sounding brass or clinging symbol. And though I have the gift of prophecy, and listen to this, understand all mysteries. He's, he's being a little, little sarcastic there. He's kind of, he's kind of embellishing there. If I, if I can do all of these things, he's going as far as he can think in his mind of all these good works, but love is not in those actions. It's nothing. It profits no one. All mysteries and all knowledge. Though I have all the faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Paul is making a statement here that actions without love equals profit of nothing. 
And we can go and do all these things, but if there's not love behind those actions, it's not profiting anybody. He makes these all statements to show you the importance of the importance of action in love. That when you go to do something, you make sure that love's attached to it. Because when you do these actions in love, if it profits you nothing, then the reverse has to be true when you do love actions. It profits you everything. Let's keep reading. We'll read 4 through verse 7. Love suffers long. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. Love is not puffed up. Love does not behave rudely. It does not seek its own. Is not provoked. Thinks no evil. Does not rejoice in iniquity but rejoices in truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. From reading that passage, the question that I ask myself and the question that I ask you today, does my love really compare to these actions right here? At sometimes, yes, I would hope so. Love is patient. That's what we're starting with. Love is patient. We're not a patient generation anymore. That's why we have fast food restaurants. That's why we get angry when Amazon only has two a days. We're not a patient people anymore. I don't, I don't have time to wait for you. I've got to go. I've got to do things. I've got life. I've got family. I've got this. I've got that. I've got this. The very first action that love is, is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It's not puffed up. That we leave our egos at the door when we come to love in action. It's not about me. It's not about me getting glory. It's better if I'm actually behind the scenes doing something. Love does not behave rudely. Love does not seek its own. Love is not provoked. Love thinks no evil. Sometimes when we go to love in action, we always already have a preconceived notion of that person or that situation of how they got themselves there or what they did. I'm not going to offer you my love because I know what you'll do with it because you've done it before. Pushed me by the wayside, rejected me, laughed at me, forgot about me. Love knows no evil. Love does not rejoice in iniquity. That word iniquity also means injustice. Love does not rejoice in injustice, but it rejoices in truth. Rejoices in truth. And then Paul in this statement here, verse 7, just wants to wrap everything up. In case he forgot anything, he just wants to kind of just wrap everything up in one sentence here in case you could find a loophole. He says, no, no, no. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Well, I, uh, all right, you got me there, Paul. You got me there.
Once again, this type of love that God is teaching us, this type of love that God is encouraging us to do is sloppy, it's crazy, it's out there. It's doing something that to my natural physical flesh feels very weird. Believes all things? No, no, no. Not what we're taught. We're taught to question everything. Hopes all things. Believes all things. Let's keep reading. Verse 8 through verse 10. Love never fails. But whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. Verse 9, for we know in part, and we prophesy in part. Verse 10, but when that which is perfect has come, thank you Jesus, then that which is in part will be done away with. Love never fails. That phrase right there lets me know That when I love in action, that love will never fail. That when I go and I love someone in some way, shape, or form, and I bring God's love into that situation, it's not going to fail. Sometimes it's taught in these passages here to discredit some of the gifts of the Holy Spirit here, but that's not what Paul is trying to teach to us. Whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but then when that which is perfect has come, you see, at the end of time, when we get to heaven... We don't need prophecy. It's going to vanish. When we get to heaven and we're standing talking to Jesus face to face, as far as I can see in the scriptures, we're not going to be speaking in tongues to each other. They're going to cease. The earthly knowledge base will vanish by the wayside when the perfect thing comes. But love never fails because God is love And he goes on forever and ever. He's not discouraging using these gifts on earth right now. He's just saying it's not the main priority. But that we can use these things with love to change people's lives. That I can prophesy, that I can use knowledge, that I can use tongues. I can use those in love and those will never fail on this current earth. I know that when I love in action, it will not fail. And let's finish off the chapter, verses 11 through 13. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, amen, I put away childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face, now I know in part. But then I shall know just as I also am known. Verse 13, and now abide faith, hope, and love. These three, but the greatest of these is love. At the end of it all, as he's talking about love, loving in action, letting you know 
the action words of love. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love never fails. He brings a little correction at the very end. But you're going to have to be an adult about it when you love. You're going to have to grow up a little bit. Because there's some things inside of me, there's some things inside of humanity that when I have to love somebody, it makes me vulnerable. When I have to love somebody, I have to step out of my comfort zone. When I have to go and do something and do an action in love, it's usually something that I don't want to do. Go and help, to go and speak, to go and talk, to go and hug, to go and do a love and action. He's saying, as a child, I did childish things, but now, he says, and I'm looking through this mirror that's, that's dimly lit. That's what we do on this earth. We, we have this idea of what's happening in heaven, but it's like this foggy kind of mirror. But he says, when you get up there, and you're standing in front of the perfect one, face to face. You'll understand all things. But here on earth, it's hard for our mind to understand sometimes. He says, now abides here faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Because love never fails. Love goes on and on and on and on. It's how we can love our enemies how we can love the quote-unquote unlovables. When I get to heaven, I'm not going to need faith anymore because everything's going to be there for me. When I get to heaven, I'm not going to need hope anymore. Well, I hope heaven gets better than this. No, I mean, I'm there with God. I'm there with Jesus. I'm there with the Holy Spirit. I'm there with all of the prophets in the great cloud of witnesses, I'm there with friends and family from before. I'm not hoping when I get to heaven, after I'm there for however long eternity is, go to God in his throne room. Could we, God, we just need to talk. Um, there's people here that are saying, uh, not just me, but other people, they're getting bored in heaven. We're hoping that something better's coming. We're getting tired of just sitting on the clouds with our harps playing. We, we're hoping by faith that, that something better is coming. No, no, those are going to fall by the wayside. I don't, I don't need faith. I don't need hope in heaven. I need those here. I need to believe by faith that, that God's doing. Faith is the substance of things. Hope for the evidence of things not seen. But love is going to go on forever and ever and ever and ever. And if love never fails then it's something that I need to attach my life to and also attach my life through. Throughout this series, I want to highlight what Paul has to say in regards to love, but Scripture also interprets Scripture, and there's unity of Scripture. So let's see what Jesus did when it comes to loving in action. We'll look at two different stories and we'll finish. Matthew chapter 8, verses 2 and 3. Matthew chapter 8, verses 2, And behold, a leper came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Verse 3, And Jesus put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, 
be cleansed, and immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Jesus loves in action without regard to his body or his comfort level. Leprosy was the worst of the worst of diseases that was out there at the time. It was actually against the law in the Old Covenant for anyone to touch somebody who had leprosy. The law actually stated that if you had leprosy and you saw somebody coming from a certain distance, you had to yell out, hey, I'm unclean, don't come near me. And this leper walks up to Jesus, doesn't even appear that he yelled out what he was supposed to say, but falls down and worships him. Jesus, being the Son of God, being God himself, who also created the laws, had all right, had all authority to tell him, you've broken the law, therefore you don't get anything from me. But that's not Jesus as he loves in action. He breaks his own law and touches him. Disregard to himself, to his comfort level. People with leprosy, their fingers fall off, their nose falls off, their ears fall off, their toes fall off. They're scarred, nasty looking, diseased. And Jesus touches him. He says, I'm willing. Be healed. And immediately he was healed. Jesus loving in action, showing us what love looks like. To get out of our comfort zone. To get down there with the people we deem sometimes beneath us. Less than us. And he loves on them. Heals them. Restores them. Let's look at another story. John chapter 19 verses 26 and 27. John chapter 19 verse 26. Jesus on the cross when Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing by, the, standing by, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son, talking to John in verse 27. Then he said to his disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour the disciple took her to his own home. Here's Jesus dying on a cross. One of the worst type of death that a human can endure. Being nailed to a tree, suffocating in your own blood as you're trying to catch a breath, being exhausted from the whipping post, from being up all night, getting beaten, pulled his beard out, dehydrated, loss of blood, all of these things. Just the normal physical pain and pressure of being a part of death. Also, naked in front of all kind of people. Put that all by the wayside. Oh, also, by the way, he has all sins of the world on top of him. And he is also being rejected by his father. That in the middle of all of that... Jesus looks down at his mother and takes time, love in action, to make sure that she's taken care of. Sees his best friend John, 
knows that John will take care of his mother, takes time out of his busy schedule, he's got a lot going on at that time, to love on his mother. Hey, Mom, it's okay. Make sure you're taken care of. John, take care of her. Take care of him, John. Love in action. And he had all right to close his eyes, yell and curse. I don't have time for this. I'm very busy dying for the sins of the world. Now I've got to take care of my mom, too. Got no blood left. I'm trying to breathe. Got a lot on my plate. I'm very busy. God, no, 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 God loves in action. Make sure he takes time to take care of his mother. These are just two stories that are many that you can read to see Jesus just loving in action, stepping out of his comfort zone, getting involved with people deemed not ready to get involved with, loving on people that he shouldn't have even loved on. What about the Gentile woman? She comes to Jesus asking to heal her daughter. Just the simple thing. Don't even, she says, don't even worry about me. I don't even care about me. Just heal my daughter. Jesus says, no, I'm, I'm not called to take care of the Gentiles right now. Healing is the children's bread. She says, well, I have children, and I have children, and a majority of the crumbs don't land on the table. They land on the floor. And I know if I just let my daughter or myself nibble on a crumb of the children's bread, then we'll be healed. That's how powerful the children's bread is. If I just get a crumb of it, I don't even need a loaf. I don't even need a slice. If I just get a crumb of it, then my daughter can be healed. And Jesus says, wait a second. There's something that I can respond to. Your faith has made your child whole go in peace. As it seems in this story that Jesus is even trying to say, no, I don't have time. I can't, I can't love on you and your daughter right now. Jesus is compelled to love because of her faith. Jesus' love in action. And we'll finish with this scripture here. 1 Corinthians 16, 14. Paul is finishing up 1 Corinthians. It's the last chapter of Corinthians. Just in case I forgot anything, Paul says, let all that you do be done with love. Come on, Paul, give me an out somewhere. Let all that you do be done with love. Everything that you do, let those actions be full and circled with love. Love in action. How do you improve your love walk? You love, you receive God's love. As you receive His love, it changes you. And as it changes you, it changes your talk. As it changes your talk, it changes your walking. As it changes your walking, it changes your doing. And you find yourself, just like Jesus and the disciples, just walking through life, looking for opportunities to love. Every conversation that you come across is the time to take a step back and say, God, what do you want to say in this moment? 
Every time you interact with someone and you hear that there's a need, God, is this a need that you want me to meet? How do you want me to meet? Is it through prayer? Is it through blessing? Is it through this? Is it through that? Lord, speak to me that every opportunity that we have is an opportunity to show His love to the masses. And we'll finish the sermon series next week as we talk about love in relationships. How can I love in my relationships? I can love in my words. I can love in my actions with those people out there. But what about the people that are closest to me? How can I improve in my love walk? with my friends, my family, my kids, enemies, and those. And we'll finish with that. Amen. Let's stand up today. Father, we thank you so much for your love. We thank you that because you love first, we can receive your love, Father. We thank you that we can read 1 Corinthians 13 and it be an encouragement to us on how to operate in love in our actions. That everywhere we go, every opportunity that we have, we look to you first to see if this is an opportunity for us to love in action, Father. Thank you for this congregation. I thank you for these group of people. I thank you that you're inspiring us and helping us and teaching us how to improve our love walk. How to taste and see that you are good and therefore go out and share that with other people. Father, we just thank you so much for your love. We thank you that we are now your children, and we are now entitled to the children's bread. We can receive your healing. We can receive your salvation. We can receive all of your promises and all of your blessings. Father, I thank you for this group of people, that they have the mind of Christ. Father, I thank you that you sent your word and it healed them. And by Jesus' stripes, they are already healed. For those that are here and people who are at home because of being under the weather, Father, I thank you that their body is healed in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you that their finances are blessed. I thank you that their families are blessed. I thank you that everything they put their hands to prospers. Father, I thank you that they are right now the head and not the tail. They are above and not beneath. They are blessed in the city and blessed in the field. They are blessed where they are right now, and they're blessed in the future that you're bringing them into. Father, I thank you that everyone here is called right now your sons and daughters. They are the salt of the earth. They are a city set on a hill. They are the light of the earth, and we refuse to be hidden. Father, use us this week to receive your love and to share your love by words and by actions to people that we come in contact with. Let us be the shining light of love that you have called us to be, that we are known as your disciples because of the love that we give to this world, into this area, to this region, to our households, Father. Now, Father, bless your people, protect your people, cause them to prosper in everything they do this week, Father, and get them home safely through this rain. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. God bless you. We love you. We'll see you all next week. Take care, family. Thank you for listening to Press Church Podcast. If you would like more information about us or are interested in giving to our ministry, you can click the link in our bio or visit presschurch.org. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Press Church SC and have a great week.